This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. While you stand, turn your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Let's read something from there. Amen. Are you so glad to be in church tonight? Now the Bible says, verse 1, To everything there is a season. Wow. What is the meaning of everything? Please answer. What is everything? You just repeated what I said. What is everything? <laughs> you are still mentioning things. Can you substitute that things for something else? Okay. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. How many uh, purposes? Every purpose. Every single purpose there is a time to live. Romans chapter 8. I ought to be quite brief tonight. Don't miss Sunday. <laughs> it's just going to be a continuation of last Sunday. Now, Romans 8 says, verse 1, There is therefore now, hallelujah, no condemnation. You know, you must get to a point where the Bible speaks to you. Hallelujah. It's not a document. It's a voice. The Bible is alive. And it speaks. And a word from the word of God fired into your spirit is more powerful than any prophecy from any man of God. Have you, are you with me? Okay, you can have your seat. You know, some don't know that. A word spoken to you by the spirit of God from God's word is more powerful than the pronunciation or pronouncement of any man of God anywhere. Jesus said the words that I speak to their spirit and their life and this is the word. In other words, as you study the word of God, pray that the voice of his word might come alive to you. As a matter of fact, we read the Bible to the end that we might get the Bible to speak to us. I get what I'm saying. The purpose for reading is that at the end of the reading, there might be a voice. Because we might not hear the voice until we begin to read. But reading it is not the end. Reading is supposed to lead us to a place where we hear the voice that is behind the word. Uh, one of my friends had COVID. And he's a, he's a medical doctor. Maybe he treated somebody and then he got it. And he was losing breath and was passing out. That was last year when it was very high up in the air. And he said, as he was there at the hospital, and all the doctors gathered around him, they felt he was going to die. And this word just came. But if the spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, that's Romans 8 11. He who raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body. And he got up, he sat on the bed. Five minutes after they got up, we stood up and they went home and COVID disappeared. A scripture 
a scripture. See, this is what saints must be taught to give attention to. And on Wednesdays, because we try to press deep, I've been saying this repeatedly, except you sit on scriptures, you cannot live a very productive Christian life. My concern, last time I was in UI to do a meeting, that should be a couple of months ago, I was invited for one meeting there, out, actually outside the school, but when I'm in the battle, I like to stay inside UI because I'm feeling from UI, they have an international guest outside the school there, and I just love the school environment, especially when there's nobody, it's quiet, you can walk hours praying without meeting, meeting people, uh, you know, and then reminds you of when I was there many, many years ago, so I just love to be. And then I saw that the only people were around, the only people that were around were the students, some people at the chapel. Chapel UI is a place where everybody goes to pray. And people just like to pray. There is a very large space, like the one we have for car park here, but much just open space like that. And then some places have trees and at the back of the chapel. So students come there every now and then to pray and the authorities allow people to pray almost 24-7. Nobody is going to harass you. So people will leave their room and come there to pray. And I noticed that I saw a lot of students, you know, some of them, they refused to go home. And we used to do that when we were there also. And some of them were on the floor for 12 hours, 14 hours praying. But when I walked close, I realized that most of them, you know, they want power. Manifestations. They want to see a vision, a trance. Because I sat with a few of them. That's their attention. They talk about this apostle, this one, I want to be, you know, power move. But because they are not, they haven't read history. Healing revival. Oh, this afternoon, I was still praying that, Lord, can you give the body of Christ this again? It looks to me as if some things were withdrawn from circulation. 1948 to 19, uh, 1947, 48, or thereabout, to 1957, 58, just about 11 years. All you hear of A.A. Allen and all these people, when they used to operate or put cancer out of people's body, happened within 11 years. All of them, 90% of them failed within 11 years. They rose to national prominence in 11 years and fell within 11 years. Some of them died as homosexuals. Where there is power and there is no word foundation, there will be trouble. Are you following me? One of the people that was there and outlived everybody was Kenetegi. That's why till today, you don't see books written by many of these people, even Ketrikoma. You don't see too many books, but there is no pastor on the face of the arts who has not read over 12 books of Kennedy Egin. And Egin stood up one day and he told them, your ministry is built on power. I said, when you are long gone, I will still be here preaching. He said, why? I stay with the word. He warned a lot of prophets then. That when you stand for the people, if the Lord does not give you a word, don't put up an appearance. When you are gifted, this is what will happen. You see, it is a very serious problem. When people come for your meeting because of power move that they see in you, what will happen is there will be many, many days that there will not be any move of the Spirit, but you will be forced to fabricate one because you must entertain your audience. Did you hear what I've just said? So, any, have you heard Rabonki teach before? An unusual teacher of the world. 
If you don't learn the word, how to teach, how to minister the word, power will kill you. I get what I'm saying. Which is very important. Because you cannot turn the power of God on and off as a will. The spirit moves as it wills. People can gather and there might not be miracles. God might want you to teach them. And that's another thing. You must understand what the spirit is saying per time. There were moments that they were with Jesus and for three days he taught until they forgot to eat. And there were times when he healed. And there were places where the Bible said he could do no mighty work there. Jesus. Because people think when the man is anointed at every point in time, what can make him function? Your faith can put something out of him. But the anointing is not what you control. You just wake up in the morning, we are going to, you know, <laughs> the more uh, you know the world, the more you laugh at the foolishness of people. Especially when they are having an uneducated zeal. So you come and say, ah, we, we need the power of God. We'll go and empty all hospitals. Haven't you read that Jesus went to the pool by Sarah in John chapter 5? And he healed one man there. What happened to the rest? Was it wicked to ignore them? Because he said in John chapter 5, verse 19, or there above, what I see the Father doing is what I do. I don't know of any crusade once where everybody sick person that came there got healed. You must do only what the Father. Otherwise, you are going to get discouraged. You want to go to hospital and heal all of them. <laughs> There are moments the anointing can be so heavy on you and things can happen almost to that proportion. Even more than that. But it's not something you fabricate at all times. There will be days the Lord will tell you to just sit down and teach people. As you are teaching, you will see the sick there, but the Lord is not leading you to minister healing to anybody. Don't step out and try it. Because the word you are sharing, when they accept it, it will heal them. For it sent his word. His word healed them and delivered them from their destruction. So in other words, the most guaranteed way, the surest way to receive miracles is to sit by your word, by the word yourself. What no preacher can give you, the word can give you. Inside the word of God there, the Bible you carry around, there is your marriage there. There is your health there. There is your prosperity there. Hallelujah. Oh, one day he told me something and he had it that they shall lay this are lay gold as dust. And gold now is pounds and dollars. Honestly, I always have dollars around me. Are you following what I'm saying? God's word is powerful because when he speaks to you from his word and you receive, it stays forever. Because forever, oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Can I hear amen? Yeah. I don't need a quiet house tonight. So shout a living amen. Yeah. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, Praise the Lord. Now to every purpose. So one of the most important things to a believer is learning how to follow what the Spirit is doing per time. It was the only God that said, Go into all the world through Jesus. Said to the last command again, Mark 16 15, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. But Apostle Paul wanted to preach in the city, and the Spirit of God said, No. Because to every purpose, there is a time. 
I get what I'm saying. And I want to speak briefly on divine timing. Of course, like I usually say, it will just be to start it up. We will continue as the Lord leads. Because I'm going to do something else on Sunday. Sunday will just have to continue from... Um, I want to talk on Sunday about how God blesses and rewards. I, I, I want to talk about what they call wealth distribution or whatever you call it. It's real. And this is going to be very powerful. Are you following me? By the grace of God. So, <laughs> I, I want to show you a story from the Bible. Let's read um, Numbers chapter 9. And let's start from verse 15. Numbers 9 from verse 15. Are you with me? And on the day, and on the day that the tabernacle was read up, the cloud covered the tabernacle, namely the tent of the testimony. And at the even, there was upon the tabernacle as it were appearance of fire until morning. So fire in the night, cloud in the day. What an atmosphere. Now verse 16. So it was always the cloud covered it by the day and the appearance of fire by the night. <laughs> Let me say something from there. You know, I've, I've said this. There are things that the Spirit of God will make me emphasize repeatedly. What gives you boldness in life? What gives you victory in life? The Word of God. Not visions and revelation. It will shock you. These guys, all the two million plus of them, saw cloud over their head in the day. They saw a pillar of fire guiding them by night, and they still wanted to go back to Egypt. Have you ever considered that? That's absurd. Why? Faith cannot come by external things. We are going to read Romans 8 now. If you always give attention to what you see on the outside, the last Wednesday before I traveled, I told you, Elijah saw earthquake, he stood. He saw fire, he stood. He saw wind, but when he heard the voice, because the voice is more powerful than all of them. Can I hear me? Somebody are like this. Are you, are you with me? Because the voice, and his voice is in his word. The voice is more powerful. So great men, men of death, are not moved by any other thing. You know, I told somebody one day and he shocked the person that I have never fallen under the anointing before. In over 26 years of bondage. I told the person, I said, so, <laughs> the only one I went down, I just went down. Well, Paddy was there. But he had to ask because he, under, he knew, he knew my, my pedigree. So, Benny was calling all of us out one by one. So, he called me out. We're just about 200 in the hall. And everybody called, fell out. So when he put his hand on me, I just prostrated to pray. So David asked me after that, that, I said, no, I didn't feel anything. But I received whatever God sent him by faith. I said, but it would have looked so mal for me to not be the only one. I said, where are you from, Nigeria? I said, <laughs> so, are, are, you, are, are you with me? <laughs> They don't give. There's, well, yeah, when I pray for people, of course, all of you have seen they fall under the anointing. But it's, I'm just saying, there's nothing wrong. I'm just saying, 
the deeper you go in Christ, the more you begin to see what will put your attention. External things will deceive you. Sometimes we pray for health and the symptoms are still there in our body. You cannot observe external things. I was going to say this on Sunday and I think I mentioned it briefly. You don't believe you have abundance because your bank account is loaded. Your bank account will become loaded because you already believe you have abundance. Because of the principle, this is Jesus. Pay attention to the words of the master himself in Mark 11, 24. He said, whosoever, he said, whatever you ask when you pray, believe that you receive. One, then you shall receive. Not you shall receive, then you will believe. So once I finish praying about something, you believe you receive it. That means you begin to demonstrate and live like somebody who has received it. One of the sisters in the church, one of the leaders, trusted God for a car and went to get a key order for a car. And within two weeks after the car showed up, supernaturally. Whatever you ask when you pray, believe that you receive, then, then you shall receive. Did you get that? Praise the Lord. Are you, are you following me? So anyway, they are the pillar. They are the cloud. And that did not stop their unbelief. That didn't stop them from talking about Stony Moses one day. External things don't change people internally. Are you getting what I'm saying? It doesn't change people internally. Oh. If a ministry don't teach people the word of God, and they teach them to pray against the enemy, one day the pastor will be the enemy. You see the highest level of vengeance, vengeful retribution, anger in that kind of congregation. And I've seen some. A member will pray that another member should die. Because that is what you are teaching them and you are putting inside them. They are going to become aggressive. And Jesus said that the Son of Man has come to save, not to destroy. Are you following me? Let's read on. Anyway, the cloud was there, the pillar was there. Go back to Numbers 9. Let's go to 16 again. The, the cloud was there, the pillar was there. And then the Bible says, I want to just show you something about divine timing. Verse 17. Verse 17. When the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, then after that, the children of Israel journeyed in the place where the cloud, cloud abode. There the children of Israel pitched their tents. Verse 18, we're explaining further. At the commandment of the Lord, the children of Israel journeyed. And at the commandment of the Lord, they pitched, they camped. As long as the cloud abode upon their tabernacle, they rested. Verse 19. And when the cloud tarried long upon the tabernacle many days, then the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and journeyed not. Verse 20. So it was when the cloud was a few days upon tabernacle, according to the commandment of the Lord, they abode in their tents according to the commandment of the Lord they journeyed. Verse 20. So it was when the cloud abode from evening till morning, 
and that the cloud was taken up in the morning, then the journey. Whether it was by day <laughs> or by night, the cloud was taken up, they journeyed. What is this saying? The cloud to them was like the witness of the Holy Spirit. God did not give them the luxury of choosing their movement by themselves. There were days that the cloud stayed for a long time and nobody moved. And the Bible says there were days that the cloud just appeared for one day and lifted after some hours they must move. Nobody must say that we just, I'm just setting up my tabernacle. Now why is the cloud moving again? We, we have not even rested at all. And there were days when they expected to move. I will stay here for too long. That is like the life of a Christian. The Lord is my shepherd. I am not my own shepherd. Are you following me? At times, the Spirit is moving you to do certain things. At times, it looks like nothing is happening. Spiritual people must learn to enjoy activities of the Spirit as much as the quietness of the Spirit. That's very deep. Say amen. When the spirit is quiet, it doesn't look interesting. But you see, camping has its own spiritual essence. Journey has its own spiritual essence. For proper spiritual growth, you need both camping and journeying. Say amen. Hallelujah. Then you cannot wake up by yourself and say that I have come long enough. I need to move. Neither can you say to the Lord, I am tired of moving. I need to camp. Is somebody getting me tonight? This is how to live in victory at all times. Because this will make a remarkable difference in your life and in the life of a church. The job of a pastor is to know when the Lord is camping and when the Lord is moving. In Numbers 14, they made a terrible mistake. So they went in chapter 13 to spy the land. And in 14, 12 people went. And Joshua said, Moses said, okay, it's time to go and attack the land. And 10 people started saying that, ah, no, 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 now we can't do it. They are bigger now, but like grasshopper before them. And Moses said, no problem. And then God told Moses that these people are still naked people. They are stubborn people. They will die in the wilderness. And the following morning, the men carried bows and arrows. And they came to meet Moses. We are ready to go. And Moses said, no, if you went yesterday, the anointing will be on you. The cloud has lifted. You can't go again. There's no anointing. They were like, ah, was it not yesterday that we rebel against the Lord? We have repented and I want to go. And they went. And the Amalekites dealt with them. And Christians do that at times. See, in the school of the Spirit, a day can cost a person his destiny. Because remember what Ecclesiastes says the race is not to the swift, the battle is not to the strong. 9 11. Favor not to the skillful, bread is not to the wise. The Bible says, time and chance. 
if you want to know how important this is, what of the day they were to sell Joseph, if it did not carry food to them that day, all you read about Joseph might have not happened. What about the day David saw Goliath? He gave food to his brother and he heard one idiot talking. Ah. He said, Did the guy just saw the God of Israel? He said, Yes. Ah. And nobody's answering him. And he got angry. What about if he went in the morning and Goliath came out in the night? Do you know that the day David was to be brought to palace, King Saul was being troubled by an evil spirit, 1 Samuel 16. And then he said, What is going on here? He said, Let's look for a man that can play. play. And somebody said that I have seen the son of Jesse, a man skillful at playing harp. Do you know that man was passing by one day and he saw a young boy playing harp beautifully? And he forgot about it for a while. So the day they were looking for somebody to play in the palace, he remembered that ah, I was passing by Ojuelegba corner. I saw one guy. Ojuelegba, yes. He said, Go call the guy. And that was it. What about if David was angry with his girlfriend that day? And he was moody and he refused to play. You see, when you read the Bible, read the other side. What of? A man by the name Ketty Pierce. I don't know the details of the story, but I think Tillages was preaching in a small church. I have been preaching for years and praying for growth and growth seemed not to be coming. And this man was having the largest meeting in America. They call Azusa River, Azusa. Almost all the top men are going to the world to come and preach in Azusa. I don't know what they say he came to do in town that they, for some reason he sat down and they made me this service like this. And Tillages was preaching. Woman down loose to a small group of people. And the man was like, maybe he told his spirit, did you just hear what I heard? Who is preaching this message? And he walked out to say, you know what? Come and preach. He preached that message once on Azusa. In Azusa. And he went around the whole of America, became a book, became everything, and all of a sudden. You see, it takes God nothing to promote you overnight. But see, that overnight promotion is preceded by years of labor. But the key thing about it is that understanding divine timing. What of if somebody annoyed him that day? Or he got up again and he saw the same 17 people and he's angry. Lord, I've been praying that will be 200. We are still 17. And he calls the associates and he says to that one, you go and preach. I'm not preaching. Look at their 17. I see their head. I'm tired of preaching to them. <laughs> you go, go and talk. The guy would have walked in, he would have enjoyed the service, he would have left. Time and chance. So the spirit will organize you and he will organize someone to see you. And you have to yield to him that you might be able to obtain the result that he's trying to come up with. This is how the steps of a good man are ordered by God. This is part of what we get when we spend time in the place of prayer. Our steps are directed. 
Supposing Rebecca that day was tired and she did not want to go fetch water for nobody, she would have missed Abraham's Sabbath, Genesis 24. And that would have been it. Suppose she just said, that, You know what, I'm not going. What would have happened? Supposing when Elster's uncle told her to join the competition, suppose she said, you know, I have malaria. <laughs> I'm tired, I want to rest. What would have happened? We should think about this every now and then. In other words, what I'm saying tonight, as we pray and the Spirit leads you, learn to respond to the leading very, very quickly. Romans 18:14 says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. In other words, sons of God are always led by the Spirit of God. We must always be led by the Spirit of God. We must not follow emotion. Don't respond to things emotionally. Don't react emotionally. Don't look at external factors and be carried away by it. Now, one of the things that spending time with God in the place of prayer should do for us is to give us ability to patiently wait upon God. It is what we need most. That spiritual stamina, that skill that enables you to always listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and to always wait, to always wait upon Him. To always wait upon Him. I was listening to Jerry Savell recently and long and short, somebody came to work in his compound and I told the pastor, I'm not ready, don't worry about it. But then he traveled and the pastor came and started walking. And when they came back, he saw it all over the compound. He said, well, what do you want? And the man said, he said, but I did not tell you to what The man said, you told me, said, no, no, I'm a man of my word. I never told you. I know that in America they signed contract. He said, show me the contract. I didn't sign any contract. I did not tell you to work here. It became a serious demand. Said that uh, we have done almost half of the work. Your bill is three thousand dollars. I'm going to sue you. I know you're a pastor. I'll blackmail you if you don't pay us. And he said, "Go and do it." He said, "Everybody here, they know me with my integrity. So please get lost. Say anything you like." And the man left. As he got to his house, the spirit of God told him, "Call him back and pay him the money." He said, "The Lord said he's having problem in his business." He knew that you did not tell him to come. But he wanted to take advantage of it that if I shout as a pastor, a pastor will not want his name out there so he will pay. He said, Lord, but I don't want to pay. I don't say pay. And he called the man. And he wrote the $3,000 check and he gave him. And he asked him a question. Did I tell you to walk? And the man began to cry that you didn't tell me. And the man said exactly what you did. He said, I'm in trouble. I need. About a few days after that, Somebody just called Kenneth Copeland and said, I don't have Jerry Savell's number. Can you help me reach him? Can he meet me at the airport? And he went there to meet the man. Long and short of it, the man gave him an envelope and inside the envelope, $21,000. You know, there's a scripture that says, when a thief is caught, he will restore sevenfold. God told him, what the devil thought he stole from you through that man, I'm restoring it because you obeyed me. But the one that got to me most from the same man, they just traveled in and he was as tired as anything. You see, we are soldiers. God will not deprive you of your rest. But once in a while, the Spirit will beckon you out of your comfort zone. May you not be found wanting.
sometimes head cracking, shoulder paining you every time. The Lord says, I need you to, when you obey a moment like that, you might just have walked into a situation whereby you will never be sick for the rest of your life. I am saying that we should not let our flesh cost us what the Spirit wants to give us. He was so tired and he was on the bed about sleeping and he heard this word. If Satan cannot steal your joy, he cannot keep your goods. Ah. He said before, he said, Lord, not now. I got to sleep. And I see the Holy Spirit came again and whispered that word. If Satan can't steal, can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. And just have said again that, Lord, you yourself know how tired I am. Don't tell me any topic right now. I need to sleep. Finally, he got up and he told his wife, I'm going to the study. But I said, boy, you have to say yes. The Lord is saying something that I need to sit down. And he said he spent hours. And the Lord gave him that message. I think that is about his most selling book right now. From that day. And everywhere I spread that message, you see people giving in thousands of dollars. The book has gone around the whole world. He said one day was a Singapore and at the airport, just saying that if Satan can't keep your joy, he can't, he can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. Anywhere it goes in the world, including India. Books like that, they are different from the one you are writing in your flesh. I want to write a book. So you sit down, write, 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 write. Even your cousin will not read them. And it will pay you. Songs. <laughs> How I love to sing your praise. How I love to know you, Mom. You know that song? Bravita is located to America now. He came to our church in the early days. Some of, most of you were not here at that time. When we were big tweets, he came two times to sing that song. So I was talking with him and he told me. There were about eight songs in that album. Agban Lagbato was not one of them. They are finished recording and he was going home. And a song came to his heart. He was just saying, Agban Lagbato. Then he called, are you guys still there? I'm coming back. Now let's just add this one. So they added it. I bet you, you all don't know other songs in that album, except that one. The ways of God are different from the ways of man. This is how we will walk in victory in 2021. This is how we will do extraordinary things the remaining days of this year. This is how we will have record-breaking miracles. This is how it will happen. I've told you before, prepare for record-breaking events in your life, positive events, because this is what the Lord is doing. What does it take? Everything I've shared with you, just in one word, yielding to the Holy Spirit is leading. He's going to prepare victory for you and lead you into it if you let him. He's going to prepare promotions and lead you into it if you let him. Then all of a sudden you will realize that the things that are impossible with men, they are possible with God. And that with God, all things are possible. I see the Lord making ways for everybody here. I see unusual victory. I see be, you being led by the Spirit of God. The Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want. He makes you lie down in green pasture. He leads you beside the still water, he restores your soul. He leads you beside the path of righteousness, the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Hallelujah. The glory of the Lord is upon you. 
Let it be in the name of Jesus. When the cloud moves, you move. When the cloud stays, you stay. The Spirit will guide you. It will instruct you. It will direct your path. In the precious name of Jesus Christ. Give praise to God, somebody. Just thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today, I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.